I'm going to have a little fun today. But I didn't want to put this in front of Preston, but I, I, I'm right-handed, so I think it's going to do better over here. I'm going to draw me some pictures later. Draw me some pictures, okay? I need everybody in the room, yes, I mean it, to raise your right hand and repeat after me, okay? I completely understand that in no way, no form or no fashion, did my pastor wake up this morning with the intention of upsetting me. I understand he is not targeting me and he loves me. And that if I'm offended, I will take it up with the Holy Spirit. Amen. If this is your first time with me, strap in. Because even the members today are going to be like, oh. We are about to head back into the Gospel of Luke. We are a church that believes in walking through the Scriptures, but we have been about five weeks in what we call one-offs. That's a sermon that's not a part of a series. And this week and last week, we had to move because of, of, of a full staff COVID watch, and then the preacher's children and the music minister's wife had COVID, right? And then uh, uh, I was out of town, so I missed like three out of five weeks and we had to push back this huge push that we were having for connect this huge push that we were having for kick re-kicking off post COVID and so what we did was last week we talked about the things that make us us and we looked through it biblically and I was so excited because even people who'd heard it once twice three times before were calling saying that that I need to be reminded of that and that's exactly right we just need to be reminded so I want to jump back to that and I want to say these are the essentials these are the things we just do not argue about. These are the things that if you don't buy into these, there is no reason for you to stay, grab your purse, grab your wallet, grab your wife, and go ahead and go home. Enjoy. Get to the restaurant early, beat the Methodists. All right, no big deal. And we will love you. But the, these are the unarguables. Realize that because these are the unarguables, we can argue over all the rest of the stuff. But you've got to argue and love one another. You've got to agree to disagree. And you've got to understand that I'm the guy wearing the mic. So what I say from the pulpit is what's going to be said. All right, and let's go. I hope that you're praying for me and that I'm reading the scripture. And I always want you to check what I say with the word. I don't want you to buy what I say outright. Here's the essentials five things. God is the God of all creation. He is the author and creator of the universe. He was, he is, and he is to come. His son is Jesus Christ. He is the word made flesh who dwelt among us. He died and rose again, and it is by him we are saved by grace through faith. He sent the Holy Spirit to help us while he went to prepare a place for us, and he will be coming back. And until then, the Holy Spirit will help us to, to translate, to understand, to move through life using the scripture, which is sufficient. That is what's next. The scripture is sufficient, not exhaustive for all we need to walk through this life. It is not, it is not a roadmap. It is not, it is not just a book. It is living and acting and sharper than a two-edged sword. And with the Holy Spirit and the scriptures, we can understand how to live this life and become like Jesus, which he created us to be. He who began a good work will carry it on to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. And the church is the way that this is sent out into the world. We go ye therefore. Got it? Those are non-negotiable. Now, Repeat that, please. I can. I can. Let me, let me, I told you I wasn't trying to step on your toes. You should be able to. 
Every member of our church ought to be able to do what I just did. Okay? You should. And these are called family traits. Here's what we said last week. Some families are sports families. Some families are outdoors families. Some families are hunting and fishing families. Some families are art and music families. Some families are Netflix and food families. All right. Some families are beach families. Some families are mountain families. We can all do vacations, right? But we all like to do vacations different ways. Churches all should be doing the first five things. I believe that with all my heart. But some of with all my heart, let's make sure I said heart. Let's make sure I said heart. These are the things that are our family traits, our core values, all right? The Word. Everything we do will be based on the Word. And when we say the Word, we don't just mean the Word of God, the Bible. We mean the Word of God, the Word became flesh. We mean the cross-section and the combining of Jesus Himself with the Scriptures. Because in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Jesus is the living Word. We believe in the celebration. I am tired of traveling to churches. I'm tired of seeing churches. I'm tired of hearing stories of churches about people who stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down. Everybody frowns. They have sour faces. And it is no fun, and it is no bueno. We believe in the party. We are prodigals. We do run away. But when we come home, we celebrate. We will not be the older brother who never got it, who sat out on the back porch and pouted because he thought it was all about him. He was good. He was righteous. He stayed. He did what he was supposed to. And he never understood the love of the Father. We want to party. We want to celebrate Jesus. We want joy to the world. All right. The body we're going to talk a lot about that today. We believe in the body of Christ. Everybody has a part. Everybody has a place. Everybody has a piece. And with all that we are, and we're going to talk a lot about this, time, talent, tithe is going to be the meat of the message. With all that we are, we believe in the unity of the body of Christ. We believe that the unity of the body of Christ is both the thing that drives people away and the thing that draws them in. It is not a t-shirt. It is not a tract. It is not a song. It is not a worship leader. It is not a pastor. None of those things draw people. Jesus draws people. But in the Bible, it tells us how to be evangelists. I pray not only for them alone, I pray also for all of those who will believe in me through their name, that they may be one as you and I are one. Why? So the world may know. Why are people not coming to church today? Because the church can't get along. The church can't decide what it's about. The church isn't united. When the church gets united, the world will stop being divided. You can write that down and take it to the bank. Wasn't ready to say it, but I love it. So let's keep that one. And then the mission, if it becomes about us, we will fail. We are about a mission outside of ourselves. Go ye therefore, not sit ye here for. All right? So everything that we do at NBC, we try, with all of our hearts, we try to make fit into one of these categories. Well, where does thrillies and chilies fit in? Unity of the body. Sometimes you just got to get together and play. Sometimes you got to get together and play. But when your kids are up in our children's ministry, you bet your bottom dollar it starts with Scripture and ends with Scripture. You bet the songs they sing come from the Bible. It ain't jack-in-the-boxes and babysitting. We don't babysit here. We have kids' ministry. We have kids' worship. That's what we do. All right? That's what we do. I just gave you last week in under five minutes. All right? Now. We have come to accept what we see and understand and what makes us feel good as some semblance of health. We have learned to adapt, all right? We have learned to be a part. And the last two years has rocked all of our worlds. 
and we have yet to see the damage that has been done even to the healthiest of us when it comes to um, missing our friends, missing our family, missing, and I say the way things were, and I don't think we need to go back to the way things were. I think we need to become what God wants us to become through this because Jesus did not wake up one morning, run into God's room and go, Dad, what is COVID? It did not happen. Before the beginning of time, they knew. So what is it that a loving God wants the children he would do anything for to learn and grow from through this process? And how can we be more on the other side of it? That's what we're going to talk about today. What does God want the church to be and how can we reset? How can we be reminded? And some of it we do not want to hear. Listen to me. I don't care if you want to hear it. All right. I explain to teenagers this way all the time. There are rules and rules aren't made to squelch you. Rules aren't made to hurt you. Rules aren't made as if God is some kind of cosmic killjoy ready to punish you at every turn. Rules are made so that we never hand the ball off to Forrest Gump and that be a part of the football game. Think about that for a minute. What if there were no sidelines and there were no end zones because two or three people argued that it would be way more fun if we were just free and then you hand the ball off to Forrest one afternoon and he keeps running and running. What happens to the game? Without boundaries, the game isn't what it's meant to be. I run in the path of your commands because you have set my heart free. We have taught ourselves in the world that the more freedom we have, the better off we will be. And that is absolutely untrue. When real boundaries are set, life becomes abundant and all it needs to be. I'm just going to reframe the rules for you today. And I read this morning, somebody posted on Facebook this phrase, it is just as much of a sin to not do the things you're told to do as it is to do the things you're told not to do. Okay? Now, let's see how Paul talks about the body of Christ. Start with Scripture. Let's see how Paul talks about the body of Christ. And let's have some fun, all right? Just as a body, right? just as a body. So we're going to start here with the head, all right? And we're going to add some, some body parts, all right? We're going to add us uh, the body itself, all right? Pretty good size line there. We're going to add some arms. Not, not, not as big a line as this line, and, that, and that's important. We're going to add another arm, and, and those are going to be hands, all right? Listen, smaller than this but maybe not as big as this, smaller. We're going to add some legs, a little bit bigger than the arms. Yeah, some feet, all right. Maybe um, some hair. No, we're not. No, we like no hair. All right, we'll add a smiley. We'll add a nose, all right. We'll add some eyeballs, okay. Maybe an ear or two. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to leave that right there, all right. That's our body, and the Bible just said, just as a body. It is talking about the human body. And if I could go down to spleens and intestines and all that, I would, all right? Just as a body has many parts, all its many parts form one body. 
So if you have all of the parts, then you have a complete body. Is there anybody that would disagree with me so far? You start removing legs or removing ears or removing mouths, and it's, uh, it's incomplete. It, it doesn't exist as it should. These many parts form but one body, so it is with Christ. So far, so good. We're all baptized by one spirit. We form one body, Jews, Gentiles, slaves, free, black, white, red, green, short, tall, fat, skinny, old, young, bald, not, okay? All form one body. And we were all given one spirit to drink from. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. It's not a giant hand walking around, all right? This is not Adam's family values and the thing exists in and of itself. No, we need all the parts and what they do. Now, here's where we get into attitude, all right? This part is about attitude. My, one of my favorite Christian songwriters, Sean Groves, calls this part of the scripture rock stars and whiners, all right? Rock stars and whiners. Let's read. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease being a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. Listen to me. These are the whiners. Well, Craig, I can't sing and I can't speak in front of people, so I'm not worth it. I think I'll back out, all right? I'm just a intestine. Let me tell you, every time I go to a Mexican restaurant, I'm very thankful for my intestines and for the places which they lead. They may be the stinkier parts of the body, but you and I need them because without them, life would get uncomfortable. These are the whiners. I don't have this talent, and I don't have this talent, so I'm not good enough, so I'll just not be a part. But in fact, God placed the parts in the body, every one of them, woohoo, woohoo, God placed the parts, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. So the ignorance, sorry, and arrogance, sorry, of a statement like, here I am, I want to join your church, I am a member of your church, but I don't have a part to play, is wrong. You're here because God placed you here, and you have a part that you must play. In fact, you have several. Scripturally speaking, God placed the parts in the body. Any questions? If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts in one body. Here we go. Now the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the foot, I don't need you. If I'm the foot and I have half a brain, which I may not have if I don't have the head, I'm going to say, that's fine. How are you going to get where you're going? You're just going to be ahead laying there. Take me. No. All right. Rock stars. People who think too much of themselves. Oh, look at me. I'm the chairman of the vacation Bible school. Look at me. I am the chairman of the deacon body. Look at me. Listen to me. Do you understand how Biblically awkward, the statement, I am the head of the deacon body is. Do you know what a deacon translates as? Servant. 
Diakoneo, humble church servant. So a deacon who says, look at me on the head, that just doesn't, guess what? You're not a deacon by definition. Jesus immediately calls out what the sinful nature of man is going to do when it comes into the body. And he says, basically, shut up and listen to me. We need pinky toes. We need nose hairs. We need eyes, ears, mouth, nose. What's coming next? Come on. Eh, where's Nugget? My two-year-old would have gotten that. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem weak are indispensable. Let me repeat this because this is Scripture. The parts of the body that seem weak are indispensable. This is where we get into the toes, right? We have chicken feet, but who cares? And fingers. Now we're holding a comb. Okay. The parts that we think are less honorable are treated with special honor and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. You ever had a paper cut? Everything hurts. Because you can't, you can't, you just can't. My cooking changes when there's a cut on my finger, you know? I grab that onion, I start to cut, a little bit gets in there, woo! Makes my mouth do things, all right? Makes my, makes my body do things. Means I can't do what I want to do. Everybody suffers when one is hurting. Ready for this? Or when one is not doing their part. Or when one is missing. Okay? Now, you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of of it. I can do math pretty fast in my head, but in order for the rest of this stuff to work out, I'm going to need to use rounder numbers. There are approximately, and this is, this is pulling out people who signed our covenant five years ago and I haven't seen them in four and a half. It's pulling that out. But people who I've seen at Walmart, Kroger, here, spoken to, know of, we have approximately 200 covenant members, okay? That are, well, active's not even the word, that exist in our locale with the ability to show up if they wanted to, right? So we're gonna use that number. Here's the last thing that I'm going to say. The church is referred to as something else physical, something else that is personal, something else that is we, we consider human. The church is the bride, right? The church is the bride of Christ being prepared, right? Uh, to look beautiful and whole and healthy for when he returns. So our job, one of my passions, is healthy church, okay? Now, at NBC, all right, we have a lot of things, all right, that we line out. This is going back to uh, something that I said that I'll explain again later, but the first page of what I'm holding here is what I said last week. The second page is what I said last week. The third page is this. It says, this is what the Bible says a member of a church does. All right? Let me run down through this real quick so that you know. Submit to the Scriptures. Whatever they say, 
It's our job to do. Pursue the Lord Jesus through regular Bible reading, prayer, fellowship, and spiritual disciplines. Follow the command by being baptized and remembering the um, 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 communion, celebrating the ordinances. Participate, regularly participate in the life of the church. Attend services. Uh, serve others in and outside the church. Steward your resources, your time, your talents, and your tithe that God has given you sacrificially and voluntarily. Submit to the elders. Walk in holiness. Abstain from sexual immorality, homosexuality, adultery, seeking to preserve the gift of marriage. Refrain from slander, malice, drunkenness. Avoid such activities. Take seriously Christian freedom and follow biblical procedures for church discipline. And then there is what, what does an elder do? What, what do our leaders have to do? Well, they have to do all the things I just read, all right, plus appoint other elders, seek God's will for the church, care for the church and seek our growth, provide teaching and counsel, equip members, be on guard for false teachers, exercise church discipline, and set an example by fulfilling the obligations of membership. Those are all out of order now, but you understand. Now, the easy way to do this when I teach it is three words, all right? Three words, time, Talent, tithe. Okay? That's, that's what we do. So, if I were to boil that page about what a member does down to three things, all right, and what my responsibility is, is to hold all members accountable for these three things, whoo, probably my least favorite job of all, which is why I'm doing it from the pulpit and made you say what you said at the beginning. Take it up with Jesus, okay? What do we mean by time? What do we mean by time? Well, I'm talking about showing up. I'm talking about being here on Sunday morning. I'm talking about bringing your children on Sunday morning. I'm talking about bringing your children to the student ministry on Wednesday night and the children's ministry on Wednesday night. I'm talking about small groups. Now, are you talking about thrillies and chilies? Sure, but not as much. What we're really asking for, what we're really asking for, I want you to hear me, what we're really asking for is two full hours a week. Maybe three if you count travel time and prep time. Three hours a week, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we want three hours. Okay, that's like nothing percent. All right, that's all we're asking for. And we're asking for that. Listen, when I was growing up, we missed two Sundays when we were on vacation. And sometimes we didn't miss those because we were there Monday through Friday. If I wasn't at church 50 weeks a year, that was insane. All right. Right now, across the country, George Barna says if you interview church members, all right, they say one time a month is what is expected of them and what makes them a member, all right? I call baloney, all right? Three times a month is what we feel like here, and I think I'm being generous, all right? So what am I asking for? Three hours a week, I'm asking you to show up for church and show up for small groups. Now, if we have 200 people, all right, who are our covenant members, and we have 120 of those people who show up right now, all right, right now, we have 120 people, and that doesn't count the fact that there are probably right at 100 people in this room today, and 12 of you are not covenant members. I know that. I looked around and counted, all right? So we're really only talking about like 98 people plus kids, which is probably somewhere around 120. So 120 out of 200 is what? Anybody? 120, yeah, there's 80 left, all right? But it's 60%, okay? Now, I consider us a fairly healthy church. I do, I do. But we look like this. This is a great church. This is a loving church. And we look like this. This is us. 
Okay? And that's just time. All right? You want to talk about small groups? We look like this. The time to disciple and grow people. This is the percentage of our covenant members who attend small groups. Hmm. Just for fun. Just for fun. Let's talk about talent. Let's talk about talent. Just our children's ministry. Does anybody have any idea? Anybody have any idea how many people it takes, all right? Because our children's ministry is one of the most viable and largest ministries of our church, one of the strongest things in our church, one of the things we're most proud of. Does anybody have any idea how many workers it takes every month to run our children's ministry? Who? Four to ten? More than ten? Thirty? A month. I mean a month. I mean different workers every month. Right around 40. Now, that counts one or two people who work Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. Huh? 40, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me explain. 40 individuals. Again, there are 80 slots. Almost 80 slots filled by 40 people, all right? Yes, it takes at least 40 people. There are closer to 70, 80 slots, counting Wednesday night, Sunday night, other things that need to be done, all right? But this can't count our children, so we have to mark about 60 off of this. So that's 40 out of 140 that it takes to run our children's ministry, all right? Do you think we have that? Not even close. It takes about six to eight every month to run our student ministry. So that's 46 to 48 if we're not repeating people. We have at least 10 people who work on our worship team, all right? That's about every month. That's AV. That's all that stuff. We have between 10 and 20 people who work on occasion on our greeting team. So we need about 100 people, all right, to give of themselves and be involved. It looks about like this. We need 100. We have about 35. And that's pushing it that serve consistently every month. Month, not week. We've got five that serve two or three times a week. Question, would you, would anybody in this room call this a healthy serving body? And, and we're doing all right.
Edward Scissorfeet. <laughs> I know you don't want to talk about this. Nobody does. What'd you say, son? What is it? I'm glad, I'm glad you asked. Because if I speak to him, nobody can say anything to me. I was actually going to use Tyler. All right? I really was. All right? Listen to me. I grew up, and we passed the offering plate, right? Okay? I want to help you understand the difference between tithe and offering. Tithe, listen, tithe is what God requires of you. He says, I want this from you, period. Offering is everything you give beyond that point. Okay? Tithe is what God requires of you. Offering is everything you give beyond that point. You guys are starting to squirm. Don't. Tyler got a job recently, okay? You know that. She works at Giovanni's, Tay. And Tyler and I had a conversation, right? I said, hey, baby, you start working. Daddy can't make you do anything. But I want you to know what Daddy does. I want you to know what Jamie does. And I want you to know what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you, and just hear me out, church. I'm asking you to take 10% because... I don't know where Tyler is as far as if she's asking God what she wants him to give or not asking God. And I've always said, I don't care what you give, I care that you give. That is the beginning. That is the start. That doesn't take into account what Scripture says we ought to give. And it's not because God needs it. God doesn't need anything. The biggest way I can describe this is, God gave you $1,000, you're giving him a $100 thank you. You're saying thank you for blessing me. Thank you for blessing me. That's all this is. So I said, hey, Ty, if you make $250 in a week, you do what? You put 25 in, and she has the app, and then what do you do? Put 25 in your savings. That's, she knows. If you, if you make $170, baby, what do you do? Put $17 in the button, and when it hits her account, that's where it goes. So church, just let me, let me say this to you. I'm going to do it easy. If you make, make uh, $26,000 a year, if you make $26,000 a year, that is $500 a week, and there is your check. Tithe, not offering. Okay, $52,000 a year, $1,000 a week, $100. Okay, watch this. If, $52,000, okay, $100 a week. On the high side, our church needs $6,000. We need 60 units, 60 units out of 200 to give $100 a week and we are past our needs. We have been uh, $4,000 a month short for the last two months. That's just at this. Anybody wanna raise your hand and tell me if you make more or less than this, or would you like to just keep it like it is? Well, Craig, you don't understand. I only make Social Security. 
No problem. No problem. I, I don't give a rip if you make $150,000 a year or $15,000 a year because I need all of these to be obedient to Jesus. And then the body is whole. Does anybody want me to erase the portion of this for people who are tithing above the poverty level? I can do it. NBC people who tithe above the poverty level at Jessamine County. You sure? You want to see it? It's about 12% of our covenant members. Now, that takes into account children. I used to do it by units. But then I got to thinking there are kids. I've got a family who had, they give all online. Okay, mom gives online, dad gives online, um, child gives online, other child gives online. And it comes in every so often. And I know when that kid mowed a yard. I know when that kid mowed a yard. I know when that kid got a paycheck from work for 60 bucks. I know every single time. Your kid babysits? Train a child in the way they should go, huh? Is this a healthy church? Okay, we're, we're, we're making about 75% of what we need with this. And then... You know, scatter here, scatter there, scatter there, scatter there, scatter there. You know, Steve, I, I'm going to say it because you would. You know what Steve calls that? Tipping. <laughs> he says, hey, man, some places have church full of tippers and not tithers. Hey, thank you for watching my kid for an hour. Hey, thank you for making me laugh during the sermon. Hey, thank you for singing the song I wanted to sing. I know why people don't want to hear it. I know. I don't care if you're a toe, the head, the heart, or the brain. All I'm asking is that you do your part. No more and no less. I am as proud of Tyler's $21 as I am of our largest giver's $450. You understand? All the body is important. All the body is important. And my point this morning is simply this. If you are called here, nobody's going to pick up the phone next week after you sign your covenant and say, where is your tithe? I don't do it. You know I don't do it. Some of you are sitting in the room right now. You know that I know that you make more than $50,000 a year. And you know that I know I am thankful for your $20 a week. You also know that your thank you is too small. You don't need me to tell you that. You do need me to continue to preach these sermons, whether you like them or not. Because here's what happens when people start to catch on. people want to come to this kind of body. Not the kind of body that's just a foot. 
right? Okay? Time gets people here. Talent gets everything moving as it should. Tithe keeps the air on. Tithe sends us to Guatemala. Tithe pays your student ministry, children's ministry, you know, bacon, men's ministry, decorations, women's ministry. <laughs> but all of it works together, and nobody's asking any more of you than they're asking of me, than they're asking of you, than they're asking of you. Nobody. But it would blow your mind how healthy we would look, how happy we would be if the body were doing what the body was called to do. God placed in the church apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helping, guidance. God placed in the church singers, listeners, lovers of children, patience for teenagers. God placed in the church people to listen and people to speak. God placed in the church uh, 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 surgeons. God placed in the church bank tellers. God placed in the church 500,000 a year. God placed in the church 12,000 a year. God placed in the church all the pieces that are needed in every church in America. If the leadership's listening to God and the members are listening to God, the body will work perfectly. The budget will work perfectly. The talents will be filled perfectly if we were all doing our part. Eva doesn't need to do my part. Johnny doesn't need to do Cassandra's part. Steve doesn't need to do Cindy's part. Everybody's got to do their part. And the bride will be prepared. The church will be prepared. You, your children, your children's children will be prepared for all that God has for us. And Jesus' promise, I have come that you might have what? Life and have it to the full. All of that happens when we are obedient to Christ. And the teenagers ought to be able to tell you, the best way we can love God is what? Wednesday night. Those who love God, what? Obey. The single greatest act of love that you can do for God is obey Him. Those who love me, obey my commands. This is why I said, <laughs> don't get mad at me. But as we relaunch, this has to be done. We need servants. We need tithers. We need people to show up. I refrained this morning from using the excuse talk. I wanted to. I wanted to throw out the excuses I've heard for not giving, the excuses I've heard for not attending. I, I refrained. This morning we'll let the Spirit did the talking and Craig's opinion to be pushed aside. All right? Time, talent, tithe.